Hey, I'm Greg Schaefer, and welcome to the Virtual CISO Moment. Samuel Hill joins us today. He is the Product Marketing Manager for uh, Ciolo Security, where they create one unified. <laughs> thank you. Where they create one unified platform that enables users to access all application servers, desktops, and files within an organization securely and with ease. He is skilled at helping orchestrate and integrate critical device security and also provides resilient IT strategies, supportive security ecosystems, and process integrity across industrial, extended Internet of Things, and a commercial cyber-physical systems. That's a lot to say. Samuel, thank you so much for joining us today. Greg, it is an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. So we'd love to hear about your cyber journey. I know it's a, it's a little bit unique, at least, how, you, how yeah. you got into it and why you got into it and what led you to where you're at today. You know, I think most people could look at their career journey and see, you know, I kind of fell into some things and, and wanted to go into other things, but a lot of it's based off of relationship and people, you know, but I did get my start as an emergency room technician. Kind of my first adult job was working in the ER. And so I have wonderful stories that I love to tell. They're usually best shared over drinks in a private non-recorded setting. So we'll <laughs> spare the audience today, but they're, they're a lot of fun. You learn a lot working in the emergency room. I mean, a lot of skills that are very applicable to cybersecurity in a lot of ways, too. So after that, I made the pivot into, um, into the technology realm, started off in like sales associate roles, into sales management roles, and then now into product marketing. Um, so I think that breadth of experience gives me a, a kind of unique perspective on cybersecurity. I've, I've seen it from an end user's perspective on the front lines of healthcare and into how do we help organizations best pivot and manage their adoption of, you know, better ways of doing business and that kind of thing. So what was the, uh, what was the reason for pivoting from, uh, from healthcare to uh, cybersecurity? I don't know. Kind of like out of the frying pan into the fire. Cause in, when you work in the front lines of healthcare, as we've all seen over the last few years, it is a stressful, tough job. Mm -hmm. um, and so now, now I work in cybersecurity. Hey, also a stressful, <laughs> tough job, weird. Uh, but at the same time, it really was something that allowed me to spend more time with my family to better provide for them and have a bigger career path where I could grow my skills, my talent and my leadership abilities. And, and what is it now that you're doing at Ciolo? So I lead the product marketing team. And so my job is to take the very uh, technical ways that we solve unique challenges and help translate them to customers and potential customers into the market at large. Um, so I work primarily with our product teams, our marketing teams, and our sales organization to best insert our message and communicate effectively across different channels. And, and what is your uh, client base typically? What, what vertical, what size businesses, or is it just all across the board? It is kind of all across the board. We have focused in on a, um, a couple of different verticals, one in the, the insurance and financial services industry, manufacturing, critical infrastructure, uh, and in healthcare would be another one. But a lot of the places that we've seen a lot of success are you know, small businesses that say, I have a unique problem that I'm not happy with how it's being solved today. Uh, and, and we're able to pretty quickly help them get to a resolution. Okay, well, we're going to uh, take just a very short break for our sponsor who pays our bills. And uh, then when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about threats to small and mid-sized businesses. VCSO Services is a small, specialized, veteran-owned information security firm with a calling, founded on Christian values and focused on the needs of small and mid-sized businesses. Our passion is to help small and mid-sized businesses gain a fighting chance in an increasingly hostile cybersecurity threat environment by providing executive part-time virtual CISO services, information security risk management services, 
and CISO Advisory Services. Check them out at vcsoservices.com. All right. So I know that there's a, there's a lot of commonality threats across the board from small and large size businesses. Right now, one of the bigger ones that's at least gaining some traction in the media is about the move IT or move yeah. it, depending upon how you want to pronounce it. Tomato, um, tomato. Issues. Tomato, tomato. Yeah. And, and it affects small businesses as well as as much the big thing about the federal government now also having been <laughs> affected by it, which is not too much of a surprise. But uh, <laughs> given all that, what would you say is probably one of the most significant threats, one or more threats to small and mid-sized businesses today? You know, I think this threat, I'm going to answer this question in a unique way, hopefully a unique way, Greg. I, I think that the threat is actually decreasing as awareness is becoming uh, is becoming more common. Um, I think one of the biggest threats to small and medium businesses is executive and organizational buy-in around the need for cybersecurity. Uh, mm -hmm. When you have, you know, founders of small companies or medium companies or the executive leadership team who they're experts in their core competency of running the business, of operating whatever it is that's bringing revenue to the company, whatever that service or good or thing is, that's their expertise. And so it's easy for their confirmation bias or whatever their background is to, you know, force them to think in ways that are not necessarily cyber secure. And so having awareness of the major issues. I mean, obviously, yes, move IT, you know, Volt Typhoon was targeting crit critical infrastructure that I think the Chinese backed state sponsored, you know, communication <laughs> breach kind of thing. That mm -hmm. applies to small, medium businesses too. That's not necessarily just a large company problem. None of them really are. They're all uh, across the board problems. But the awareness, I think, is something that is, I'm, I'm starting to see it change a little bit. We're starting to see executives and leadership teams take it more seriously, which is encouraging. But I would say that's one of the larger threats to the small and mid-sized business. Why, why do you think that is? Why do you think that it's changing and that they are actually finally after? I, I know as a former CISO and now a virtual right. CISO, it's like mm -hmm. I spend a lot of time trying to get the message in and to finally hear the, the view that it's actually getting through. Why do you think that is? Well, this is going to sound terrible, but it's really good that the bad guys are so good because they're finally getting news attention, right? Like when, when you're in the big trade presses and when you're in the big, you know, business publications and they're talking about, you know, these really critical things, they have no idea that the semantics of the move IT breach, like the fact that it's, you know, the data file transfer stuff, like it's, they have no idea, but they do say, wow, uh, is this a problem? Could this be a problem for us? Will this impact my business? And now they're at least asking that question. And so then security leaders, you know, like yourself and your history and others like you, they can now come in and say, yes, this is, this could be an issue for us. Here's my plan to mitigate it. it or, or, you know, by the way, I do need some more funding or we might need to do this, or this might need to be a strategy change for us. But now that conversation is happening at a business level. And it's just because the proliferation has gotten to the point, you know, when a problem gets big enough, eventually, you know, you start working on it. If it's just kind of left in the low simmer, sometimes problems tend to be ignored and, Unfortunately, that's been the reality, but I think that's changing. Well, sometimes with CISOs, we have the, uh, the problem, if you will, <laughs> of um, once we've gotten the ear, we're like, well, we're never, we're never have this opportunity again. So I'm just going <laughs> to dump everything in and say, I want these 15 things and it's going to cost you $5 million and all that. Uh, how, how can we uh, restrain ourselves? Maybe is a good way to say oh, it. Oh my goodness. 
I mean, as you know, it all starts with the relationships that you build across not only your peers, but also the others that are, you know, on the ELT and the the board members and those folks. Um, Cause you're right. Once you get that opportunity to say, this is, you're in the spotlight, if you will. And mm-hmm. you know, you're at, you're making an ask. You I, only get one business. shot. It looks like right now at this point. In time, <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> right. And I think that is, you know, the restraint as a leader to say, you know, if you've done, you probably have, you've done your homework, you know, the gaps, you know, the priorities, you know what your roadmap looks like from a security architecture with your people, process, and technology. And then you could say, of this list, my top is X. Whatever X is on your list, it could be headcount. It could be a specific threat hunting tool. Oh, gosh, fill in the blank. But whatever that X is, that's your chance to say. And, and then obviously follow it with, here's our project plan. Here's the delivery we're going to have. And you're going to expect to see these results because that's what those folks care about. And then, you know, you might get the ear again. So it sounds like that that probably a good strategy would be to ensure that you're talking in the language of the C-suite and the board of directors, not in the language of information security and cybersecurity. You know, it is tough because so that's what I, uh, I look at this from the perspective of I work with incredibly brilliant cybersecurity founders. And these mm-hmm. people have spent their entire careers working in the command line and they know far more about technical stuff that I will ever possibly understand in my life. But my job is to translate what they do, what they have accomplished into something that others can understand. And, and really that's, that's very true. I think at the CISO role is, you know, you understand the technical details in some places, not all CISOs are technical experts and nor should they be, but mm-hmm. able to translate what is happening, not only in your infrastructure, but the world at large and you know, as an expert, here are the critical threats to our business. And let me translate what we can do as a business to lower that risk. It is a translation job. It really is. Do you think, you mentioned that that you don't have to be a technical CISO, but a lot are. Is being a technical CISO an advantage or a detriment, or does it not really affect being able to facilitate that translation? Well, I think all, I mean, CISOs comes in all different shapes and sizes and that, and some of them came up to the technical ranks and that's fantastic. But even within security, there are different, there are such multidisciplinary skills within cybersecurity. So if they came up through the ranks, you know, through identity and access management, that was their technical specialty. <clears throat> are they going to be experts on firewalls? Are they going to be experts on, you know, network access control? Maybe they'll have some adjacent knowledge, but their expertise might lie in one discipline. So they're still going to have to you know, execute or, or lead as an executive to collaborate mm-hmm. with experts to get subject mm-hmm. matter expertise from their team and be able to translate that. So, so I would say those that have risen through the ranks, they're already leaning on others who have different disciplinary strength than they came up with. And also, you know, things change, as you know, the industry is continuously evolving and the skills <laughs> yeah. that you may have had 10 years ago, you know, there might be some really good approaches to it today that are different than what you learned. Um, so for that reason, I don't necessarily think CISOs have to be technical experts. It, it obviously helps to have a technical acumen and you can learn and, and the ability to grow. But what I think what really separates is the ability to ask great questions, to formulate clear thoughts and translate complex ideas into simple ways of um, here's our strategy. Let's move the business forward. Yeah. And, you know, um, that's a good point because I've, I, you know, I, I look at my history. I've been doing this since... I guess I started part-time as a student assistant in 89. So it's, it's been a few mm-hmm. years. Yeah. Um, and, and 
the technology and in some ways the threats have changed. There wasn't such a thing as cybersecurity sure. back in 8990. <laughs> but but the the translation of technical needs to the business unit really has been the same all this time. So so yeah, yeah no, I can see that you you don't necessarily and sometimes even being a technical CISO, it's like, you know. I, I, I like to say I lost red button privilege, you know, being able to reboot a box. <laughs> I lost that like, you know, 15 years ago and they wouldn't let me near it anymore because I came, became too much an admin guy. So, right. <laughs> what, uh, uh, if you could talk a little bit, if you wouldn't mind a little bit about uh, CLO, do, what CLO does, because yeah. um, I'm, I'm somewhat familiar, but let's just go sure. from a high level of what, what it does, what you guys do. Yeah, absolutely. So every organization has a scenario It'll be unique to them, but they have a scenario where user access to something could cause enormous damage to their business. Mm -hmm. And what that thing is, is going to be unique. It could be, you know, source code in a DevOps environment. It could be a manufacturing line for some process system. It could be, you know, protected information or, or classified or, or, you know, um, confidential information, um, IP, whatever that is, whatever user access could cause enormous damage. That's where we want to step in and help provide the level of control that many CISOs don't feel they have over those interactions. Because at the core, you have a user who is accessing something. And that something could be very dangerous to the business. And that user could be very dangerous to the business. Ciolo is the zero trust access methodology that helps CISOs feel a lot better about granting that access or enabling users to do things um, that they may not be fully comfortable with. So we were founded by a CISO. He uh, was the first CISO of the Israeli Navy and then went into private industry. And he kind of kept looking for a tool that could help broker that for his specific, you know, this was the kind of problem for him. He had a problem where he knew if he went to his board and said, I'm going to buy a tool to solve this problem, the board would immediately release funds. That's how big a problem it was. Mm -hmm. And so he yeah. needed a tool, couldn't find it. And so he partnered with some ethical hackers and, uh, and then built the CLO platform. So we call ourselves Zero Trust Access. So we authorize and identify every single user, no matter where they're coming from, even if they're a third party or an external contractor, we want to make sure we limit anything and everything they can connect to, to only what is allowed, and then monitor all of the details of that transaction as it's happening. So it's, it's very granular role-based access, it almost sounds like. It is, yeah. You know, if you want to call it application-based access or, or you know, RBAC, all whatever, or attribute-based, okay. all those different layers that you want to put into that, that's all a part of it. Um, the the other thing that we would like to make sure we say is that we do all of the kind of the identification and access management that you would expect, the password management, the privileged access management, but also the the routing and transport. So Ciolo is a we can be a cloud service where we have a cloud routing tool that can send traffic to wherever you need it in the world. Um, like it's a never decrypted. Not like a CASB, more like a ZTNA. It'd probably be the thing that you would think most okay. commonly there. Um, it would be more, but in a lot of ZTNAs, they will decrypt traffic in that routing process in order to do some of the things they do. We never decrypt. We just route it on to the local access controller, which is placed near things. And then um, that traffic is terminated and then entitled and made sure that everything is is, is happy, you're all happy with it, whatever the policies and procedures you've put in place are that they're abided by. And then the connection is made into that thing. So we shine best in like really difficult scenarios, you know, legacy infrastructure, critical infrastructure, highly sensitive source code environments, places where it really is a struggle to make sure you have the right controls in place. 
So I, I, I've, I've indicated that I've been in the, in the industry for, for some time and I've seen acronyms come and go all over yeah, the place. Yeah. And I've come to the conclusion where I'm old enough and I don't care enough anymore to, to admit that sometimes acronyms kind of throw me. And if it throws totally. me, it probably throws some other folks out there too. So can you just at a very high level explain what, what was it, ZTNA? Certainly, yeah. So ZTNA stands for Zero Trust Network Access. Mm -hmm. And what that means is it's a, it's a um, coined by Gartner. It's a term that basically refers to a category of technology solutions that are helping to eliminate, um, most commonly eliminate a VPN, a virtual private network, kind of that VPN connectivity into stuff. And so it has uh, routing capabilities. So it could take a remote worker, route their traffic to either a cloud application or something on, the, on site or a hybrid environment. And it's, it's doing all of that. And it's performing entitlement. It's looking at who is this user? What are they? Do we know who they are? Let's make sure that it's getting there effectively and efficiently. So that's kind of the routing component of it too. Uh, couple that with the need for identity and access management. IAM would be another acronym mm -hmm. to throw out there. No, the is, other ones. We... The other ones are, are kind of standard. So you know. Gotcha. Okay. Good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you're right. It's it's it is easy just to throw letters around and 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 think they mean something, but um, defining terms. So. Where I think Ciolo shines is we like to say, let's not give you access to the network, it's zero trust network access, because we don't want to give you network access. Once you're there, you know, we've seen that across a lot of attack vectors. Mm -hmm. The bad guys just move left, right, up, down, wherever yeah, they want to Yeah, once they're in. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just give zero trust access to whatever that specific thing is that they need to do their job. Okay. Well, that makes complete perfect sense. And I'm sure that that cleared up a lot for uh, for Thank other you. folks as well as me. I, I, I was I, I was guessing in my head what it was, and I, I was pretty close. I didn't have okay. the A right. So, OK, um, but uh, well, you know, one of the things with uh, being in cyber, as you kind of touched on before, and certainly yeah. and, and you kind of hit this, too, when you were in the medical field, is that it can be a very stressful environment. And I very much am an evangelist to for folks to, to get away from it, step away from it. Cause if you don't, yeah. you're going to burn yourself out. If I hadn't done that, I still wouldn't be doing this 30 odd years later. Um, what is one thing that you do to help decompress? You know, I live uh, in a part of the world where it is just an absolute joy to be outside. Uh, I live mm -hmm. in Bozeman, Montana, and I love to spend time hiking and skiing and camping and all the things. In fact, just this last weekend, I got back from a trip to Western North Dakota with my family and our travel trailer where we just did nothing but sit around and explore small towns and eat good food and, and, and hang out. We went to um, Teddy Roosevelt national park is one of the places we got to go to and, and just driving around and seeing just the absolute wonder that is one of the most beautiful places on earth. Uh, you know, the badlands of North Dakota, mm -hmm. uh, that is one way, just as an example, one way to, to decompress that I do to decompress from the, the grind that is everyday life. And so, as a cybersecurity leader, you know, I, first I want to say to those people, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. And we're grateful that you have remained in the fight and that you are continuing to lead and to serve and to, to do your best by your business and the people that you lead. Uh, all that is just, we're grateful for that. And second is we need you to stay in the fight. So what is that for you? What are those moments that you can find to collect yourself, to find yourself and not just the role that you're playing at work? And um, for me, I like to go outside with my kids. Like this winter, we spent a ton of time skiing and you should see my mm -hmm. little kids just ripping down the mountain, man. It is an absolute joy to watch <laughs> them grow and try. And 
you know, my son's like, let's go to the terrain park, dad. And like, you and I might have different ideas of what a good time is on the mountains. You have fun, man. This is going to be great. But finding those things, whatever that is for you, um, it's very important. You know, you brought up a really good point about just sort of like breathing and like seeing things around you. And, and so I just wanted to share that like yesterday, yeah. I'm coming back from uh, Indiana to Tennessee. I was doing business up there and I mm -hmm. could have driven on the interstate and made it in two and a half hours but i did almost completely back roads stopped off mm. at a state park stopped off at a yeah. real little diner to eat took me about five and a half hours but i just totally enjoyed the experience and it was very calming as opposed to yeah. like being on an interstate and having to get there you know it's like you're almost like trying to beat your previous record and all that yeah. it's like yeah. <laughs> so i hear you there's place for that right obviously there's you know if you work in cyber, you're probably a little competitive. You're probably a little driven. So there's find avenues for that too, right? Like, right. Um, I go to the local gym and I do try and beat my scores. I do try and, you know, improve. But at the same time, like those moments when you do nothing and you know, what? small town diners overrated. I'm sorry, not over underrated, like underrated, the best yeah. meals. underrated. Yeah. Like you're going to find a great meal. You're going to find wonderful conversation. Like talk to a local, like I remember one time oh. we stopped in the small town and like, the local farmers were just talking about the weather. And I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah. And that's exactly what this place was. It was a little place in Crofton, Kentucky. And, and yeah. they had just baked like an apple pie. Oh. And I had that for dessert. I mean, it was so fresh. It was still steaming. I'm oh, like, come on. You can't get this anywhere else. I don't know how much I yeah. paid for it. I think, I think the total bill was like 15 bucks for a burger, fries and pie and drink. It was yeah. like, wow, you can't beat that anywhere. So, but, yeah. um, well, all right. Uh, what kind of future plans you got coming down, down in the future? You know, I, so the reason I moved into uh, kind of the marketing side of our business in, in my career in past roles was because I wanted to stretch my own organizational wings, if you will, and the ability mm -hmm. to kind of grow my ability. So I, I, I earned my master's degree in organizational and strategic leadership. So I'm not sure what the future holds, whether it's within specific companies or within uh, cybersecurity still. I like to think that I'm a specialist in helping translate these brilliant cybersecurity founders and their technical details into um, easy to communicate messages that customers and prospects and venture capital can understand. So I think that's going to be a part of my future. Um, I'd love to see, you know, that kind of expanding and growing and uh, more and more responsibility laid on the shoulders and we'll see where that goes. Cause I think that like, I, I don't know the, the uniqueness that I can bring is something that is, it's just myself and that's where I like to shine. And um, so hopefully we'll see where that, where that takes us. Awesome. Well, Samuel, thank you so much for joining us today. I really enjoyed the conversation, some great advice there. And, and I hope you're right that, I, that the executive buy-in is increasing in security. We'll see how that goes, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to hold you to that. Let's hope. Yeah, let's hope. Okay. And everybody stay secure.